0: and everybody just kind of wants to keep up with the joneses and you don't have to do that you don't every kid's journey can be completely different you find guys that made it to major leagues didn't even play baseball till they were in high school you're not going to fall behind and you're not going to develop a monster at age 10 just because you you did more than everybody else
1: welcome to the elbow up youth baseball podcast firsthand and real-time experience stories advice and lessons learned some the hard way by me a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. This is episode number 11. 11 11-year Major League veteran Sean Kelly, and now dad and youth baseball coach, shares his thoughts and experiences on the state of the youth game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Elbow Up Youth Baseball newsletter and podcast. This week is the first of hopefully many interviews where I bring more than just my voice to the conversation, but others who have... As much, or in this case, way more experience than I do. So I have come to you so far from the perspective of a you know good youth player who watched his brother sign with a top D one school and then get drafted in the first round and spend seven eight years in pro ball, um, also to coaching myself for you know twenty years almost at every level. Um, But really, I would say most importantly, my own experience of coaching my older son and now that he's 18, turning around and coaching my nine year old and really what I've learned and how I do things differently. I see everyone repeating the same mistakes. And so I want to get the message out um, to hopefully fix things before it's too late. I think it's important, though, to hear from different perspectives. And what better perspective than an 11-year Major League Baseball veteran who pitched at literally the highest level? So Sean Kelly, originally from Louisville, Kentucky, went to Austin Peay State University in Tennessee to pitch. He was drafted in the 13th round by the Seattle Mariners and actually spent 11 seasons in the big leagues. He played on six different teams, he started out with the Seattle Mariners. He pitched with the New York Yankees, the San Diego Padres, the Washington Nationals, the Oakland A's, and the Texas Rangers. Sean pitched in 493 games, including two postseason series. So the average major league career, and this number is a little old, but the average career is in the neighborhood of five to six years. So for a guy who Pitched 11 years in the big leagues, this guy's got a lot of experience. He's also relatively young, so he's actually the same age as me. And he's got two young sons. And And it's interesting, in addition to just being the major leaguer who has played, and now that he's got two young sons, they started playing when he was still in the big leagues. And so he missed the first few years. And now that he's done playing, he actually has come home and helps coach. And so this last summer was his first year coaching with his older son and it was a select, you know, travel team and to hear his experience and, and you know, his thoughts on, on what he saw and witnessed and then what he's actually going to do with his son is very interesting and it's extremely relevant to the conversations that we've been having. Now, keep in mind, this is my first interview. Uh, while I know Sean personally, I was still, you know, interviewing somebody live is, is definitely a, an art. So it took me a few episodes, I think, to get comfortable on the podcast. And then obviously I'll probably do better with the interviews as I go. We did prepare some questions in advance just so he could kind of have an idea of what we're talking about. Sean and I could probably talk about this forever. He's super passionate about it. And again, living it firsthand, growing up playing, and then now coaching his own kids after playing in the big leagues. I think it's a it's a really valuable interview for those of you listening. So sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy the interview. Please leave a comment, send me an email. Sean has been gracious enough with his time to, to commit to coming back, so I'd love to get some feedback on his perspectives, and then we can have him back on the show you know, later on or in a few episodes and go a little bit deeper on maybe some subjects that are of interest to you after hearing him talk. Let's head over to the interview. Before we get started, if you're not a subscriber, Be sure to go to www.getelbowup.com. Type in your email address. All my archived articles and podcasts are there. It's totally free. I'll send you an email every time a new episode comes out, as well as any written article. It'll come straight to your inbox, and you won't miss a thing. Sean, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. the audience has is probably tired of hearing from me every single week, and I've been promising some interviews for a while. So this is obviously a huge interview for us, and I know a lot of folks have been looking forward to it. So I want to jump right in, though. And if you don't mind, I think one of the things that people want to know, we see you guys on TV pitching at the highest level, and I think sometimes we we fail to look at where you came from. You know, what was the experience like growing up? Were you always a star, et cetera? so maybe start out if you don't mind describe your youth baseball experience growing up maybe from the time you started and just kind of hit the high points up through maybe high school
0: well I um yeah I um you know I was a uh I was a rec league player you know I always uh I I, I was good you know made the all-star team uh basically every year wasn't the best player on the all-star team didn't always start on the all-star team but I was so I would say I was above average but um uh, I just continued to grow at every level, depending on where it was, whether, you know, you're starting at, you know, we did machine pitch when I was seven and eight. I didn't, st- I started kid pitch at nine, um, nine and 10. And then 11 and 12, you got into the traditional little league. We had a sanctioned little league. So we were the, we were the kind of, uh, we were the, uh, the group that could, could go on and, and, you know, one day go to the little league world series if that was in the cards. Um, and then 13 was, when you move to the bigger dimensions in the bigger field, and uh, we called that, that was uh, Babe Ruth League up in Louisville, Kentucky. And then, uh, and then, and then, but I, while I played that, I was on the freshman high school team. So uh, that led into high school ball. And then, um, you know, four years of high school ball, continuing to develop at every level, never was the best player on the team in high school either, but just kept working and, and just kept getting better at every level I went to. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. There wasn't any select ball. There wasn't any travel ball. There wasn't any AAU. Uh, outside of a few all-star tournaments at the end of rec league that was that was all i did growing up and i i played multiple sports and um, played multiple positions uh, as a baseball player and and um you know one sport rolled into the next so that's kind of my my youth journey in a nutshell
1: Yeah, and that's interesting um, that you say that because it seems like nowadays everybody, parents and coaches think, and I see this every week when I post a new article or podcast, I get comments, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of taking time off. I'm a big proponent of resting your body. I'm a big proponent of playing other sports. And I get these parents and these coaches and they say, well, if we're not playing year-round, we're getting behind. And, you know, I, I, I think there's story after story of guys like you that that played at the highest level that never really did that I mean you even mentioned based on what you just said you really didn't even what I would consider travel um at any point in your youth league I mean like you said potentially um some all-star tournaments and, and maybe a tournament here and there that you had to go maybe outside of your area for but um talk to me a little bit about playing other sports so you basically played in the spring and the summer and then what other sports did you play?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I would play, you know, we'd play our typical spring season, which would start, you know, in March or April, whatever it was. And then that would go for a couple of months. We'd play a few weeks of All-Stars. I'd have a few weeks of summer break, and then football practice started. Yep. And I'd play football all the way up until, uh, you know, that ended around November. And then usually I was, you know, maybe a week late to start basketball because football drugged over a little bit. And then I'd do basketball through the winter. And, um, and then basketball would end in February. I'd have a few weeks off, and then baseball would start back up. Um, So, you know, I I was constantly in other sport, And and I'll tell you this from – and we could talk about different philosophies and ideas of this for for hours because I'm pretty passionate about it because I I love helping young people and everybody's journey being different. But um, the one thing we have in common about pretty much everybody that I played with, and like you said, I played 11 seasons and six teams, played with some Hall of Famers, played with some average Joes, played with some guys that are just consistent players for a long time. The one thing most guys have in common is if you talk to them, They all pretty much played multiple sports. There there ain't many guys that said, you know, I was focusing on baseball from the time I was 10 or 11 or 12, and and that's how I got to the big leagues. Um, That's just not – that's not the norm at the highest level. So, you know, a lot of parents think they're doing their their kids, you know, service by by 12 months a year or or, or just getting at it nonstop, nonstop, or focusing on one sport. But for whatever reason, whether you get burnt out, whether you feel like it's a job and lose interest or just whether you're – physically you do too much to your body at a young age, Um, there ain't many, there ain't many stories of, of major league baseball players. And and I would know, um, that, that, um, that said, you know, I've been focusing on baseball from the beginning.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that. I, I, I tell people when, when my brother was, um, you know, coming through high school, one of the things that, that, you know, yeah, they liked the fact, the fact that he threw a certain, uh, velocity or maybe he could hit a home run, but I, I kept hearing, um, scouts talk about his athleticism and so Correct. what I tell people is not only are you um, training your whole body and you're becoming a better athlete but you also learn things like as a football player I have to believe that you learn how to compete um, differently you learn how to get out and in of, you know out of situations and and, and um be a better teammate like I think we spend so much time today focusing on our individual maybe our swing right or our pitching mechanics right. um all throughout the the offseason that we fail to just become a better athlete and a competitor so um that's a good point that you made talk to me about how at what point and if ever did you take private one-on-one pitching or hitting lessons
0: now I would do uh, I would do uh, a couple pitching lessons and a couple hitting lessons every winter because I enjoyed doing that. That was something I wanted to do. It wasn't something my parents were like, "Hey, you're doing." That was something on a, the cold nights where you know, you know, especially when you're younger, you're not playing. When I got to high school, you know, you're practicing every day for basketball. But when um, when you're younger, you know, you might what practice once or twice a week and have a game on Saturday or maybe two games a week. So. Some of the other nights when I was off and didn't have a basketball practice, I would go do, you know, a lesson indoor at a facility for 30 minutes, uh, you know, but that wasn't really, that wasn't like, you know, building arm strength or grinding it out. It was more just to kind of keep the throwing motion going, um, learn a little something from guys who played, you know, some professional ball at the minor league level and just, just to be involved and in, in just to be around baseball for a few days, a, a week or less during the winter time when it was, when it was a slow period. But That was it. I mean, there was no there was no, um, you know, indoor ball or or lessons or practicing around the clock. It was it was an occasional lesson, I'd say, probably about the age of 10 or 11 when I started or nine when I started pitching. Um, You know, my parents let me because I wanted to. I said, I want to go work and and, and learn some things about pitching and and uh, get better mechanically and mentally and and that. So so I did do that a little bit. But um, and and I, I would encourage you know, my own boys do that. So I, I would encourage that occasionally in the winter, as long as you don't have too busy of a schedule. But, um, um, you know, some of the, the year round stuff, at, especially at a younger age is not, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't give my seal of approval of that.
1: Got it. Well, let me ask you one more question. Um, cause I want to move into kind of your experience with your own sons, um, next, but, You know we know each other in person and I and you're a big guy you know obviously a professional athlete so you spend a lot of time um, you know getting in and keeping your body in shape and I know you played in college as well but at what age did you really start because I get this question a lot at what age did you start lifting weights um, as you were maybe a teenager
0: not till high school Uh, freshman year high school got into a weight program you know we had some good coaches and we were at a good uh, it was a good public school. We had some. T- we had talent. We were very. We had a few good years where we went to the state championship, um, but and that was more of a product, I think, of that area that I was in. The little league. We kind of. We all played little league together. Then we went to play freshman ball together. So, you know, JV ball together, and we kind of grew up. To a lot of us grew up together playing against each other for a long time, and we kind of had a good core of guys. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't touch a weight or know any. No, even know anything about weights or or strengthening um, until till high school. And I, and I think, I think there's still something to that. I know kids now work on agilities. They do their conditioning. They do their, you know, that, that kind of stuff's good, but I still kind of believe in the old adage of, you know, as your body's developing and growing, you don't want to stress your joints and your bones and, 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 you know, let your body rest, let your body grow, let you, let you become the the man you're supposed to be. And then, and then as you start to fill out a little bit, then, then work, work, then work from there with what you have. But to try to create a, a machine at age 10 or 11 is, probably going to be a little premature.
1: Yeah. What do you say about, um, and I may be jumping ahead here because after this question, I promise I'll go into um, more specific youth stuff, but what do you say to the parents and coaches who have this constant fear of missing out? If I don't play in a tournament every single weekend, I'm getting behind. If I don't work out all year long, I'm going to get behind. My kid's not the best on the team today, and he's nine. Oh my gosh, he's always going to be behind. Like, what would your, you know, as a guy again who has kind of played at every single level, what would your advice be to that parent?
0: I mean, what's going to happen is going to happen. You're you're not going to you're not going to create a major league. You're not going to create Mike Trout at age ten. Mike Trout was going to be Mike Trout no matter no matter you know how many lessons he did, no matter how year around he played or or how many teams he played on or how many innings he threw or at bats he got when he was a young kid um that stuff's in the makeup there's so many more uh, so many more things mentally and and things that have to go right to get to the to, to the highest level to even get to, to to the highest level of high school and then on to college then even even have a chance at pro ball um a lot of things have to go your way and a lot of hard work and a lot of mental preparation and and, and learning about yourself and, and and things like that that we could go on forever talking about that go into that so Um, you know, the, the the first and foremost thing, especially at the young age where my kids are at, um, they got to enjoy it. They got to want to do it because if they're already feeling like it's work or they're not, they're not wanting to do it or they're being forced to do it, they're going to get sick of it. it. It's, it's a fact. I saw it happen. I saw a lot of kids better than me burn out or find interest in other things because they were just tired of it or because they felt like it was a job at a young age. And, the, these people that do these tournaments that are four and five games a day and, you know, you, you travel all over the country and you pay all these gate fees and buy all these concessions and you spend every day at the ballpark, they're hoping that parents uh, feel like their kids are falling behind. That's where they make their money. So, um, you know, no no kid is going to fall behind. And and a kid that doesn't have it mentally, physically, I mean, you, can you work hard to, 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 to better yourself? Yes. But like I said, you're not going to create a monster in a lab here um, they've got to enjoy it. They've got to back to what we said earlier. I mean, they've, playing the other sports teaches you a lot about yourself. Playing football is going to make you physically tougher. Um, like you said, it's going to make you, you're going to get put in situations where you dig deeper and you find out more than, you, you know, that you have more than what you, than what you, you know, maybe know you have, you know, playing basketball is going to, going to give you that team, that small environment of guys could come from a lot of different backgrounds that you have to blend in and mesh and understand how to, how to do what's best for a team. And, um, and, you know, the, in, in any other sport too, that, that you play is just going to, going to, you know, round out your physical and athletic ability and, and, and help you learn more about yourself. But um, honestly, I, I laugh when someone says they think their kid's going to fall behind at nine. My, my boys are not the best, best players on their team. And I'm, I'm not worried about it because we're going to keep working a little by little, and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to dig deep. They're going to play other sports. They're going to work hard and they're going to find out more about themselves. And, and, and see what they have. But I I guarantee you spending every day in a gym or, or throwing all winter long every single day and just making them feel like they already have a job at age, age eight or 10, isn't going to help them get better.
1: Got it. Okay. So you, you mentioned your boys. So you're, you have two sons age, um, what 10 and eight maybe.
0: Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a a daughter that's 12. Then the boys are 10 and eight. And then we have a, we have a two year old, old daughter, but the boys are, are in the thick of the, uh, of the youth uh, baseball sports that's right
1: I, I should clarify the, yeah. the boys are the only ones I guess that I know They've, they actually Correct. played um, for the audience they played on my team a couple years ago um, you have two different experiences though right with this so one I think when they maybe they started you were still playing um, right. and then they're playing today, obviously, and you're not, so you're able to be there a lot more. So maybe, uh, walk the listeners through, you know, just 30 seconds or so on your kind of experience, um, as you've now been able to watch firsthand, um, really as a, as a kind of a spectator and a coach at the, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old level.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd pop in on an off day from time to time, which we didn't get many of to watch one of the, one of the kids while I was playing. Um, and, you know, a lot of that, especially earlier, was, was rec ball. You know, they'd play on a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever, a weekend game. And and um, and that was great. That's what I remembered baseball being. The kids love it. They play their game. They get their snow cone. Everybody plays every position. The kids that are good, they're the studs. They do good. They get homers. They, they, they pitch, whatever. Um, fast forward a little bit, I got to see a little bit of Parker. I got to get a little bit of the experience of the – the hustle and bustle of, of Parker, my older one, who's 10 now, when he started because a lot of the kids at his age had kind of left to do the, the travel, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, the travel ball, the select ball. And um, so I got to hear, you know, while I was away from their mom about, you know, making a team and trying out and all this kind of pressure. And I'm thinking, leave this, but it is what it is. And I'm, I'm not there. So I'm just, you know, I don't have a good temperature of it, but you know he did it, and and I, and he enjoyed it, and he loves baseball, obviously, because he's you know he's seen me do it a lot, so he's got a little bit of a different perspective than than some kids. But um, I, I didn't love it at first. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't love the 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 you know okay, well if you're not the best player, you're going to bat ninth and play right field, like well the kid's eight. Like, what if he, you know, he doesn't even know what he's capable of yet as do some of the other kids and the other kids aren't doing any, getting any service by, you know, Oh, he's the shortstop every game in the three hole hitter. Cause you know what, at the next level he may not be, or he may be an outfitter or he may be a catcher. You just don't know. But I, I never liked the fact that they were already coaching to win um, at that age. Obviously I'm competitive as anybody and I like winning. And I think when you have an opportunity to win, you put people in a position to win but if your end game is to win at that age, you're already doing a disservice to the kids. And then fast forward to this summer, my first year off, I got a chance to coach. I helped uh, – I agreed to be the assistant coach and, and basically help with the pitchers um, to work with them. And, and it was awesome. It was great, great kids. We learned a lot. But seeing it firsthand on the, on the in the dugout on the sideline, coaches can say whatever. Oh, we don't care about winning. We care about – that's BS. Because when it comes down to those games, every one of those coaches on the other side – they want to win, they want to they want to live out their experience through their own kids, whatever it may be. But um, it, it, it's actually kind of pathetic. Um, you know, you're coaching kids to win at a under rules that aren't developing them the right way. Uh, I saw the game just being taught completely the wrong way. I saw kids doing things that you won't do at the next levels, just because you take advantage of of rules that kids are maybe not ready to play under. And I hated everything about it. And I have pulled my Son out of it, and we are going to go back to rec ball. I don't care how depleted it is. I don't care um, what the talent is. He's going to learn to play every position. He's going to learn to build confidence in himself because baseball is all confidence. It's all mental. Um, the best players in the world with the most talent I've seen literally do a one eighty because they lose their they lose their confidence. And you're not going to build confidence as a mediocre player in select ball. If you're one of the studs, and you know you're just you, you've just got that gift from the time you were born then you know what? Is it going to hurt you to do that? Probably not. But 75 to 80% of these kids have no business playing select ball. And, um, you know, and and it sucks, unfortunately, because they're either not going to develop the way they need to or learn the game the right way, or they're going to get tired of it. And, And I hate to see it.
1: Perfect. Okay, so the next part, actually, the microphone cut out. But here's Sean talking about his experience with youth baseball in Louisville after he left.
0: Well, I'm passionate about it. I care about youth sports. I saw I saw this. I saw my city in Louisville go through right after I left. Everybody started like, well, I want to be select or my son's not the star player. So like every dad started a select team in in baseball in Louisville went to shit. My my parents would tell me about it because they lived it with me and my brother was six years younger. So they were like, you wouldn't believe like how bad rec ball is and everybody's doing select. But then everybody complains about select. And you know what happened? Fast forward about 10 years from there, about 10 years ago. People got so fed up with the select stuff. Everybody went back wreck, and now baseball's good again there. And I think Chattanooga's in that phase a little bit behind Louisville, where um, everybody thinks they got to go select and compete for these tournaments and win trophies. And every dad wants their kid to be the shortstop and the three hole hitter and the star pitcher. And you put together a team of families you want to be with. You don't care about the, you know how the dynamic is or whatever. And it's just it's killing baseball. And I think it'll go back it will, it'll, it'll go back because people realize why are we wasting all this money? And there's no data that proves that we did any better for our kid than Joe blow that just let his kid play rec ball for 10 years. Yep.
1: No, you're right. You're right. All right. So you talked about your experience as a coach and that you're actually going to take your older son who is pretty good back to rec ball um, one thing that I heard you say that I really like is that you're going to teach him to play other positions. And I've, you know, I've, ex- I've talked about that a little bit with, with my brother about how he, you know, just as you probably did, you rarely played outfield growing up, but then he got to high school and it was a freshman and the right fielder right. got hurt. And right, he they put him there because he could hit and guess what? He ends up getting drafted and that's where he played. Correct. Um, so what do you say to parents who maybe their son isn't the best, right. And doesn't get the opportunities to play some other positions. How do they, maybe what's the best way for them to get some experience or practice, or maybe even what should their mindset be as a parent talking to their son about playing time and positions,
0: yeah, find, find, a, find a rec league team. You know, if you're, if you're having that conversation because you're at a select team, then you don't need to be on it. Um, yeah. Find, find a rec league, maybe do some lessons and work at some – but, but to, to get back to your point on why it's so important is, just like you said with, with Kyler, um, you give yourself so many opportunities. And, and, and I'm not even talking about at the big, at the higher levels, it's great. College scouts, pro scouts, they want to know that you have options because if they're going to stick their name to, to signing you or or, 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 or you know, vouching for you to be a player to play at another level or to, or to get a scholarship possibly to college – You want to give them options. If they know, hey, look, you know, he's not the best third baseman. He's not the best right fielder. He's not the best catcher. But this dude can do a little bit of everything. And as he gets a little bigger, as he gets more mature, he gets in our program with our strength coaches or or et cetera, et cetera. We've got options. He can do different things. And the other thing is your baseball IQ will go up exponentially. You won't hear about that at the lower levels. But when you start getting into college and pro ball, you'll hear about baseball IQ guys don't want guys that don't know how to play the game. And if you understand the game from different positions, even if it's just like, I remember playing, I remember catching a little bit when I was 12. Well, guess what? You learned some stuff back there behind the plate that can better help you to be a better pitcher or a better third baseman or a better first baseman or a better center fielder, because you've seen the game from different, from different angles. And it's so important to, to try different, uh, to try different positions and, and to, 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 to have that experience. And, I'm going to coach a team. I'm going to coach a rec team this year. And these kids, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we're going to play to win every game. We're going to come with a mindset of kicking butt and showing up every day and competing our our tails off. But I'll tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to care if we lose 10 to nothing, but a kid got to play, got valuable experience at another position, or a kid got to pitch to see if he liked it or not, or a kid got to put the gear on and go behind the plate and catch. Because I want to see these kids all – I'll, I'll thrive and maybe find something that clicks in a position they never even thought they would like or could be good at, and it could change their whole future. And then when you get into all-stars, you want to play some all-star tournaments, maybe take an all-star team and play, enter a couple select tournaments with with all the studs to give them that a little bit extra experience. Because I know you're going to have the dads out there that say, well, they're not going to get any experience or compete if they just dominate every time. I'll say A hey, – there's nothing wrong with dominating all the time. I don't care what your talent level is because it builds confidence. And B, when you go play all-stars and you start to get a little bit older and you want to you step up the intensity level and, and compete a little bit more and, and, and try to go win a tournament with a bunch of studs, sure, that's good for them too. But you're going to do 10 times the amount of confidence building and, and education and, and learning the game. By doing it the way I'm, I'm describing, it, and I, and I know the way that you believe in too.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. Um, I think I feel like we're 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 creating um, really pretty swings, and and maybe guys that might throw hard, but nobody knows yeah. how to play the game anymore.
0: It's it's not going to do anything for you if you don't learn the grit, if you don't have the confidence, if you don't understand the mentality as these kids are pitching. You know, one thing that I see that I can't stand is is my I'm taking a bunch of uh, nine year olds. And it's their first year pitching, and obviously we had the COVID stuff, so we didn't get a lot of time to work before. So we're kind of learning on the fly. And you got kids leading off and stealing. Like, are you kidding me? Are you actually kidding me? A kid is learning to throw strikes off a mound that he's never done and face a hitter, and he's supposed to worry about a runner leading off or a guy stealing base? What are you teaching that kid? There is no – now, is there one or two kids out there that are, that are developmentally ahead of everybody that can handle that? Sure. There's always there's always a few outliers, but let me tell you what ninety percent of kids are s- too stressed and too worried just about trying to throw a strike, and you got them thinking about a runner on first. How can how can a little nine year old brain mentally understand attacking hitters and throwing strikes <laughs> and learning what he can or can't do on the mound? And he's worried about a kid stealing. I mean yeah. that 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 blows. I, I almost got in arguments with with some of these directors at these different places. I, <laughs> I, 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 you'll never see me lose my temper coaching kids that are competing that are working hard I'm not that kind of person I like to learn I like to learn from situations um, I like to be disciplined follow the rules have a plan and execute it but I can't stand when when grown men are trying to tell me that well these are just the rules this is how you know this is how they play at this age that's BS.
1: Yep. No, that, that's good stuff. And I you know, I wrote a piece when I very when I first started this news it started out as a newsletter before a podcast and one of the things we were right in the middle of All Stars and I wrote a piece on kind of the demise of Dizzy Dean. So in this area everybody plays Dizzy Dean as opposed to, you know, Little League or Babe Ruth.
0: Right and,
1: um but one of the things that I've always said Dizzy Dean got right, they don't allow lead, leading off. Now, they do allow stealing right. once the ball crosses the once plate. Once it
0: crosses the plate. I'm okay um, with that because the catchers are going to learn, you know, to throw yep. the ball down, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, but that that's one of the things that I, that I think that every, all these select tournaments are getting wrong. Um, let me ask you about one more thing because I've talked about this a lot. I feel like there's also this incessant need to play in a tournament every weekend. And so what that does, in my opinion, it breeds what you were talking about earlier, this constant desire to win. And so what I'm challenging people to do, and I'm going to do a whole, a whole podcast on this, there, there's no reason – I mean, like when you and I played, we – play during the week like in your rec season right a couple couple right. games a week and then you'd play all-star yep. tournaments what's wrong with calling two or three or four teams in your area and just having a little round robin exhibition day on a sunday and that way you get a chance to move guys around without the pressure of of chasing the ring yep. or the or the trophy
0: yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that would be a good you know, obviously I'm full blown, like I like the way it used to be. I like the old rec playing a few days a week. You get your snow cone after the game.
1: Yeah, team. Maybe code. you win a trophy if
0: you're first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I like I I love that stuff. You get chances to work with kids, try different positions, but these tournaments, like you said, I hate everything that they stand for because it's all about these people trying to make money on the weekends for their facility, which I get, people gotta make a living, but it's not in the best interest of the kids. You're stacking in too many teams, too many games, and, and you don't have games where you, some of these tournaments, you have them where, you know, well, if you don't win so many, you don't play tomorrow. So then it's like, well, then what do we do? We practice. I mean, then no. Nope. So yeah. then you are running your best pitchers out there because you got to win. And if you don't win the first few games, none of the other kids got to work or you, you, you force them to pitch again the next day because they're your best pitchers, and now you're playing some team you don't want to get embarrassed 50 to nothing. Yep. And I get it. That, that may sound like, well, your team's just not good enough. Okay, well, that's why I'm, I'm not doing a team anymore because I don't agree with the, you know, there are there's always those couple teams that are just way ahead, and then everybody else is, is just kind of playing for for participation trophies. But you're forced. I've seen it because I've helped coach, and even though my team didn't give into it, but you're almost forced into having to kind of you get sucked into that vacuum of having the kind of coach to win because otherwise what are you there playing in that tournament for if you're just going to go lose two or three games and go home
1: yep no so you're, you're- going to
0: show up you're going to show up every weekend your kids are going to get throttled if you try to you know move guys around or or or, or teach them the right way to play then you're not going to be playing any more games anyways so then you just go back to what practicing two or three days a week which doesn't give you the game experience that's great in the winter and great maybe once a week after a tournament but I just – everything is backwards, and it's just – it's 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 completely taking out the middle players. You're going to weed out the kids that aren't good enough, and you're going to – the studs are going to develop, but they're going to develop anywhere. You're weeding out those fringe kids like me who I would have never made it on a strictly purely select group, um, but I made it to the big leagues for 11 years, which is more than what even 10% of Major League Baseball players do because I had those opportunities to develop and to get confident – and to find things that I could do and learn about myself and continue to love playing it and enjoy going to the field every day. I've already seen kids at this age are like, oh, man, we got three games tomorrow. And it's like that breaks my heart. Breaks my heart because these are kids that they've got just as much ability as, just because they're not at that level that maybe the kid on the other team is. They've got just as much ability to get to there, but they're being just completely broken down and they have no desire and they just they give up on the game. And then the interest of the game. If you want to get more philosophical, then these kids don't even want to play it. Don't want to watch it. And then you wonder why the ratings are down at the highest level because you're forcing kids not only to not make it there, not they don't even want it. They don't even want to watch it because they had such a miserable experience when they were young.
1: Yeah. No, perfect. We could talk about this forever, but let's kind of wrap this up with one thing. And, and yeah. I, honestly, you could answer this questions with with this question with everything that you've said already. But with for you know 99 percent of the people listening are either a a youth parent or a youth coach so for those listening and if you could give them one piece of advice to take from today what would it be
0: it would be kind of a summary of everything we've talked about The, the the thing that i tell the guys that i know that i coach with or the dads that i'm around and and whatever is is um you know it really it, it it for for me you've got to make it fun enjoyable and they've got to, and they've got to learn the right way so if you're not teaching these kids first of all they need to learn the fundamentals they need to learn the right way they need to get opportunities to play everywhere and they need to enjoy it they got to have you've got to find a way to make it fun and that can be different that can be You know, there's a lot of different ways to incorporate these kids enjoying it, but they've got to genuinely be excited. I was excited to go to the field, even if it was rec ball or an all-star game or, or whatever. It didn't matter. I couldn't wait to go to the field, meet my buddies, get my bat out, get my gloves on, try to strike a guy out, try to hit a home run, make a good play in the outfield, whatever it was. And if these kids aren't going to the field just like genuinely excited, then you're doing something wrong. If you're sending a kid to do lessons or or practicing for three hours a night every night, and these kids are like slumped over and like, man, I can't. You you have already lost. They will never go on to where you're envisioning. You think you're helping, and I know a lot of it is not. A lot of it is not parents that are that are, that are intending to do that. It just, you fall into that vacuum. Like I said, that it, and it happens, you get sucked into it. You get sucked into Well, this kid's doing these lessons and this kid's doing this and this kid's on this team and this, and everybody just kind of wants to keep up with the Joneses and you don't have to do that. You don't. Every kid's journey can be completely different. You find guys that made it to major leagues, didn't even play baseball till they were in high school. You're not going to fall behind and you're not going to develop a monster at age 10 just because you you did more than everybody else yeah when you're in high school and college I'm gonna outwork that guy next to him when you're nine or ten I wanted you to have more fun and more experience and learn the game more than that guy next to you and that would be the that'd be the biggest thing I could drive home to dads and coaches and, and moms and, and and everything these in, in today's day
1: perfect well listen Sean I really appreciate your time I know you're busy but keep on keeping on I'm sure we'll uh, we'll look to have you on again and uh, thanks for yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, let's do it again. All right, there you have it. So lots of great stuff from 11-year big league vet, Sean Kelly. Looking forward to having him back on the show sometime soon. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you go to www.getelbowup.com. Put in your email address. It's totally free. Every time we record a new podcast or send out a new article, you'll get that right in your inbox. That way you don't miss it. I do a podcast every Tuesday, and – send out other emails as needed throughout the week. All right, that's it for today. Tune in next week. I have another interview lined up. My own brother, former Vanderbilt signee and first-round draft pick, he's here to talk about his youth baseball experience and what his thoughts are on the state of the youth game today.